0: latest HR on the Effective Podcast. It's me, Chris Howard, joining you as always in the latest edition of our ongoing weekly podcast series. Today, we are going to be building on the campaign uh, that we have been working on, and it is on employee experience and our employee experience revolution series that we've got going. And it's a revolution because it's something that all organisations should be putting front and centre of their business strategy. We've had lots of different pieces of content that we've already put together. Uh, We've released a couple of sections, one which is on the indisputable case for employee experience, covering things like quantifying the business value of employee experience, and also how you need to think holistically about employee experience. So we've talked to uh, Simon Smith, uh, who's the CPO of Aston Martin, about the value of employee listening. We've talked about how can you craft employee experiences um, and how do you leverage the physical workplace as well? So we've got a couple. Of blogs which are really really interesting, too. Today, we're taking a slightly different angle. We've got a fabulous guest in that I'm going to introduce in a second. The angle that we're going along is more around that kind of line manager side and the importance of human interactions in touch- and touch points in delivering amazing experiences. Before I bring out our fabulous guests of course it would be remiss of me not to wheel in my partner in crime at this moment and this juncture and that is Mr Chris Horton from Lace Partners himself how are you doing sir it's been a while since we
1: did one of these isn't it hello Chris I'm really good I don't have any flashing baubles or tinsel behind me but I am definitely in the Christmas spirit For the listeners, for
0: the benefit of you know, bringing the listeners behind the curtain, um, he is in the office and we do have a Christmas tree, a lace-branded Christmas tree in the corner, but we can't see that. So unfortunately, it doesn't look like you're in the Christmas spirit. Anna Rasmussen, though, hopefully she yeah. is in the uh, Christmas spirit. She's the CEO and founder of Open Blend. Anna, how are you doing? Are you in the Christmas spirit?
2: Thank you very much. I am very much in the Christmas spirit, but we don't we don't have any uh, Christmas decorations as yet in our office, although I have a Christmas jumper hanging on the coat peg. That kind of counts. We'll we'll let you off. Yes, we'll give you that yes. one. We'll give you that one. So
0: Anna, you've obviously been on the podcast a couple of times with us before. But yes, delighted um, to be back. just for those people who maybe are listening in for the first time, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Open and then we're going to talk about the importance of human interactions and touch points in delivering amazing experience this
2: absolutely very um, excited about this title yeah so my name is um, Anna I'm the founder and CEO of open blend we're on a mission to transform one-to-ones to boost performance and develop people my background is coaching I've been a leadership development coach for 16 17 years before open blend spent all of my time going into organizations training groups of people managers how to use coaching techniques to get the best out of their people and recognized whilst I was doing that that actually managing managers need a lot more support than sitting in a boardroom for a couple of days hearing about it in theory. So I walked away from that, wouldn't walk away from it whilst I was doing that, I thought, okay, how can I Support managers on the job. Um, and that's where I came up with the idea of Open Blend. So, Open Blend, um, it's got all my ideas, techniques, thoughts to support managers and employees to have really effective one to ones that are transformational because the one to one, as we're going to go and talk about, is critical um, in the workplace.
0: Yeah, 100%. And let's delve right into that then because I think this is. Something that, again, we've touched on in a few of the other pieces that we've already written in our campaign. But I wanted to get you in because I know you've got some really interesting views in this. But let's talk about how fundamental one-to-ones are in delivering that fantastic employee experience that keeps people motivated, engaged and keeps morale high and makes people really invested in the business. Can I just get some initial thoughts from you? And then I'll bring uh, I'll drag Chris in uh, so that he can get (laughs) his thoughts as well.
2: We believe, I personally believe, and Plan as an organisation believe, that the, the one-to-one is the most powerful tool that a manager has in their back pocket. There's a lot of data around this. I mean, this is particularly linked to engagement, um, but I think the one-to-one is linked to everything. But Gallup, you know, they sort of produce some incredible research, you know, and, and simply, you know, employees that have regular one-to-one conversations are three times more engaged than those that don't. So bottom line, <laughs> that, you know the one-to-ones um, are very important. I think what's interesting around this um, as well is that an effective one-to-one can do all the things that we want it to do, but an ineffective one will have the complete opposite effect. And actually is detrimental to everything we're trying to achieve as well. So actually how that one-to-one is performed is critical to whether it's a success or not a success. And I think there's some other data that I uh think is very interesting in that these this is YouGov data, but 69% of managers are uncomfortable communicating with their employees.
1: Wow. That's, I know. A killer stat, isn't it? Uh, really terrifying. is
2: awful. Terrifying. And then, I mean, this is linked specifically to performance, this next one, but only 6% are skilled at having candid performance conversations. So it's, it's quite frightening, really, if you think about how important the one-to-one is, but yet how... Um, un- unconfident uh, in um nervous capable managers are at actually conducting those to be really effective we talk about one-to-ones in our way we talk about if they need structure they need focus they need to be consistent and they need to be personal you know without sounding dull here the opposite is unstructured unfocused inconsistent and impersonal so you can see the kind of difference if you're at a receiving end of a really good one or a bad one it's their worlds
1: apart so so i've definitely had the experience of really awful one-to-ones and really amazing one-to-ones and I, I agree with the, the stats about you know engagement and I also agree your points about structure and focus and all of the, the good things. Why do you think some people are good at it and others aren't or do you think actually you need programs to really um, up the level of training and, and um, experience of, of line managers that, that we're just not used to providing good human interactions?
2: We break it down into one-to-ones being as a mindset, skill set, tool set. So the first thing is a kind of a mindset piece. And I, I believe that this is very much set at an organizational level. So actually in this organization, this is how we roll. So one-to-one conversations are really important. And that, you know, we, we know from our experience of working with all the amazing clients that we have, is that if you've got a business leader at the top of the business who recognizes the link between people and performance and promotes this culture of one-to-ones, then, you know, that's an amazing breeding environment for open blends. Um, if they don't have that, it's it's an uphill battle. So, um, so, you've, so you've got the mindset bit, which I believe is very much sort of set from an, an organizational level. Then you have the skill set. So giving managers a skill set to do it. So talking them through maybe you know, helpful frameworks, like the, we have the grow model embedded in the tool, but like the you know, the grow model, understanding that one size doesn't fit all, understanding perceptions of reality, you know, like the, the individual when it comes to delivering anything, just getting that piece, and then the tool set so actually having something on the job whether it be a cheat sheet a you know a piece of paper or whatever it might be obviously you know open blend is uh you know a a, a fantastic tool at that guiding them through it so I believe it's kind of broken down into three parts um and if in a lack of any one of those I think will breed these managers that are just not confident and we know that you know I think all of us are probably experienced managers on this call now but we still find ourselves in conversations where you think, oh gosh I I don't know how to manage that conversation that's a really hard conversation and you know a bit longer in the tooth a bit more experience being around the block a little bit you can say okay can I come back to you on that it doesn't matter that we're not feeling confident to answer that particular question I think a lot of managers go into these thinking into one-to-one thinking Less experienced thinking that they should have all the answers, but of course they mm. shouldn't. So I think there's a level of maybe authenticity that is removed from it because of a, 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 a lack of confidence mm. that sits over the top of that.
0: Yeah, it's that's really interesting. You were just saying that. And i've the word that's been sort of rolling around in my head, just as you were saying that, is well, the phrase I was thinking to myself um, as you were reeling off the stat around 69% like, uncomfortable in communicating was that we're all people. And just talking to yeah. other people shouldn't be too much of a problem. Yeah. And so maybe is there a challenge? Do some line managers see it this works. as, you know, there's so much pressure on them to be able to deliver on the answers. And so is oh. it, and if you've got a line manager that has their own pressures, maybe they have their own targets to hit, maybe yeah. their workload is heavy. You know, they've they've all, they're all bringing their own baggage to the table. Do you think that, importance of empathy that was the word that keeps coming around in my head that value of empathy and that's what often causes a challenge for some line managers do you think
2: yeah I mean I think a great manager balances kind of we call it clarity and concern but you can call them you know a number of different things but clarity meaning that you know they're really clear on their deliverables but then the manager then has to show that level of concern um on the other side of that so it's that that equal balance of that and interestingly we did a piece of research um which obviously very happy to send over and you can distribute that um if, if you if you like around performance enablement that we did in in conjunction with professor nick kelmsley at um henley business school and it was all around Performance enablement. So we went out and said, right, what are the factors that enable performance? And in there, seven main factors came out. So my tools, my delivery expectations, my development, being myself, my purpose, my interaction with work, and my manager. Okay, so there were seven factors that came out of that, so then we dug deeper so once once we'd established what the factors were, we dug deeper into how mature organizations feel they are about performing against those dimensions, and layered on top of that is the level of confidence they have that their managers are able to talk about this on a individualized level, and actually, there was a direct correlation between the maturity. Um, in those, how enabled an organisation was and the confidence they had about those managers. But to your point, interestingly, we looked into each of those factors and the confidence levels against that. And managers came out much higher in confidence against the more formal factors than they did um, on the informal factors. So so that's the kind of clarity and concern piece, if you like,
1: yeah. And I think that's twofold, because I think... Technical skills often get taught or you often see technical skills more so. I think what I would call softer skills, I don't think they're soft at all. I think they're yep. the fundamental skills yep. um, often often aren't given as much focus and, and it's really up to the individuals to to pick them up. I think I really like um a lot of the points that you've made over the um the last minute or so. In us looking at our employee experience revolution, we've come up with a holistic employee experience model, and okay. it really has three key levels to it. So it has mm-hmm. the life cycle level. So we call it things like attract me, attract and recruit me, welcome me, enable me, um, yep. wish me well. We then have what I call an environment level, which is around the human, physical and digital. Mm-hmm. But then we have the last layer, which is sort of the cultural and leadership level. So I love that your mindset, skill set, tool set actually touches mm. Mm. on all of those levels. And so, so it's nice when you're talking about about something that that it reflects the model that 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 we believe is that is critical. Um, yeah. But it's all it's also showing that actually, to successfully have these one to ones yeah. and to give them purpose, to give them focus, to give them clarity, actually you do need that level at sort of a culture and leadership level where you've got the mindset, you do need the actual... <laughs> Um, human skills and the, the tool set to actually run those. But then you need, you know, a skill set to practice as well. So, so I, I like that there's a there, there's a, a strong correlation between what we're talking about and and you know what you what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I you know, I think each stage of the kind of the employee journey, if you like, say sort of a high level we look at that sort of onboarding, engaging, developing, succession, exit. So really like really sort of you know, simplistic, but every single stage of that employee journey will be you unique to that individual person. Um, The whole sort of one size doesn't fit all. I think it has to be a really personalized employee journey. And that manager, whether whether we call it soft skills, informal skills, concern, whatever that might be, the only way they're going to understand how to meet that individual in their world to support them on their personalized employee journey is to is to is to demonstrate that to to care about about that individual and care about understanding that individual what motivates them what their ambitions are what scares them what doesn't scare them where they need support it's not just you know it comes back to coaching which um obviously i'm a huge advocate of it i think you know as an intervention it's extremely powerful but if all managers had that kind of coaching capability to kind of really understand not just what someone needs to do but supporting them on the how and I think that's the difference um, in that as well. Easier said yeah. than done, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, certainly is. I mean, you just mentioned that one size fits all. Can we perhaps sort of expand that um, a little bit? Because I can imagine that's quite daunting for businesses, particularly of certain sizes. Um, that can be particularly a daunting kind of um, prospect really this idea yeah. that we're going to need to tailor our different kind of approaches um can you just give us some thoughts on how challenging that could be any ideas around you know some practical advice that perhaps yeah. businesses listening in on this uh when they're starting to think about okay well how are we going to tailor it with those different employee sort of subsets that manager employees leadership that sort of thing
2: so well i think first of all there there is no such thing as one size fits all i think those days have long gone i think employee expectation is now that they're treated as an individual they have an experience that meets them where exactly where they are for who they are as an individual and where they want to go so I, actually I, w- what i'll bring to life for you here is we've just developed this new uh, a new module called develop so the reason we developed it initially was because you know there's this huge crave in learning right so every organization that we we work with that we speak to from their engagement surveys. Uh, development plans learning and development plans at the top of that this is i want more and more of this so um and we, you know you read about it in all the kind of sort of the hr press business press about this sort of crave for learning we also use our own data because we collect individuals motivational drivers and we know that the two of the top motivational drivers are clear career goals and direction and progression at work but we also know from our data that the gap in fulfillment in those two motivators is getting bigger as time progresses which is really interesting data. So we thought okay, not only are our customers asking us for the ability to discuss development plans in one-to-ones there's a big macro trend about it and our data is supporting that as well. So we went you know, out to develop this piece of software. Now this is kind of, we've just literally launched it so this is quite timely to kind of talk about our process to do this because we've got to take into consideration that one size doesn't fit all, everyone's unique and we're a coaching platform essentially so how do we do that with 3D technology so we've got we've broken it into three phases so an individual goes through a discovery phase then they go into a create phase and then they go into the kind of the discussion phase so the discovery phase is all about how they want to develop so it's not trying it's asking them the question and I think it might seem daunting on a big scale but actually just this is where the manager comes in what is it that you do actually want how can we support you to get there so we pull in the individual's motivational drivers so they can see what's important to them. We ask them about, uh, you know, what's important to them, what time scales they want to work to, what we call it, development mission, what they want their mission to be, and then with their manager, they then choose the competencies that most suit where they want to go. So everything's attached to a development mission. Now this shouldn't be too hard because obviously the mission is attached to what an organization has on offer it's just you're giving them the choice to then say what that mission might be and it might be to move laterally develop enroll, role um be promoted work on a project a secondment you know become a mentor whatever it could be in a yeah. number of these things and then once they've chosen the competencies they've scored those competencies about how where they are on their development journey against those. But then it goes into a discussion format. So then we use the grow model. So again, it's just equipping the managers with a framework oh, no, 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 that isn't okay. just what their development mission is, it's how they need to support that individual to get there, but with the within the parameters of a wider organisation and what that scope is. So that's kind of the process that we've gone through. So look at the trends on a big basis. But create something that is a personalized development plan for those individuals. And then, you know, we're really excited about putting this into organizations where their engagement stats are saying, this is the biggest area, and this is where it's weak. You know, after everyone just going through the the initial stages of it, everyone has a personalized development plan. Um, And then obviously the organization gets all that data back off the, off the back end of it as well. So yeah, I I think it's, uh, and that's what, what I've just spoken about there is one aspect of the employee journey. Um, now that can happen. There's tools out there that do exactly that for succession. There's tools that do that exactly for onboarding. Um, you know, and we just happen to focus on the kind of engagement performing level and development area, but yeah, that's the tool set, I think. So There's the it comes back to the mindset, skill set tool set um, when it comes to the one size doesn't fit all.
1: Just as a follow-up question, um, Anna, you were talking about the the two factors around clear career goals and progression, mm. and that that actually that that's growing further and further apart. I'm interested in just pursuing. Do you have thoughts or information about that? Why that's happening, or is that something that you're looking at currently, and and um, you need some more information?
2: And I, I, you know, there's there's trends. I mean, we're looking at kind of the motivational drivers across all of our you know, customers on an aggregate level all the time and seeing what the most important things were. I mean, it's it's really interesting because pre-COVID, money was always up there. And actually money is right down. There's, they they you can choose from something like 28 different motivational drivers. And money's come right down now and is it's not gone back up, which I think is fascinating. No, and and I think I don't know if this is a kind of post-COVID everything slowed down for a little bit. Everyone's come out going right, me, me, I want to develop. Yeah, I don't I don't know exactly why that is but i think you know workforce trends go in waves don't they um and i just think at the moment it's absolutely about learning and but i think maybe it's because we were starved of it for a period of time everything was a bit stagnant wasn't it
0: I think you're absolutely spot on, and we've sorry, Chris. I was about to, I've just cut over, over there, so I'll just uh, interlude. This is editor interlude. Um, but I was just going to say, we've certainly seen and heard a lot of that. We've seen some research um, across a couple of our other partners, which is suggesting that organisations are spending more time focused on okay, let's focus in on skills and talent, the development of our people, and, and the yeah. the retention side more than ever, and certainly the well being side as well. So really fascinating that what you've the work you've already done is is yeah. marrying that up because people have obviously come out of uh, of of the pandemic period we're a few years out of it now and the the focus as for the individual is okay i've had this life-changing situation or certainly it's 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 changed for many people and so what are my priorities realigning but sorry chris um quick interlude i'll step back out and let you uh finish off your uh, question <laughs>
1: I was just going to ask with all of the, the different conversations that we have to have, um, you know, the different one-to-ones at the different life cycle cycle stages or the different events yeah. that, that happen. What's the way in the moment that you would suggest to actually, you know, best approach those? Cause, cause I think we're, we're basically saying one size doesn't fit all. So we've, we've got to, mm-hmm. we've got to be absolutely tailored in um, the way that we approach things. Um, we know that there's, typical journeys that people go through but then there's also moments that that either through life or or through individuals throw themselves um at us what's the ways in which you actively encourage people um to be able to best deal with those moments
2: sorry the the development conversations in the one-to-one
1: so so whether it's the development conversations or it could be you know the a conversation where um, someone has something that bad that's happened um, in their life, and and how you can support them. I I always think it's interesting to look at. For me, the fundamental things as a line manager that that you should be able to do is create an environment of trust and support.
2: Yes. Yeah. But
1: you should you should also be focused on inspiration and development. Yep. So yeah. so there's there's almost multiple different roles. I guess what yes. I'm asking in tailoring that experience in in you know making sure that a one size doesn't fit all you've you've got you know the, the great mindset the tool set the skill set that that you, you're putting in place but how do you almost switch i guess from the the more life cycle events versus the more surprise events or things that that you need to um create think, trust and support
2: i think what you're referring to are, are types of one-to-ones yeah. um so the different kind of so again i think it comes from an, an organizational level so what you know, what is the cadence? What's we do a lot of work with organizations around the cadence. So some businesses we go into, they've all they've really done is have one or two conversations a year. And we're trying to help them to have more regular, you know, to get quarterly is is a move for them and then some organizations we go to they want to get people talking much more regularly so we we call these types so what types of one-to-one so you have like a, a weekly progress chatter you might have a monthly deeper dive you might have a specific development conversation um, a specific quarterly performance review whatever it might be so I, I I don't know I'm in two minds about this if I'm honest because I think it's really helpful for people to have a structure so what should this cadence be so you know diarizing having quarterly development one-to-ones for example to make sure we're on track there but actually in reality every time you sit down and have a one-to-one you should be able to access any of that information to pull into it because um, because not only it does sound quite challenging all these different facets but not only does one size doesn't fit all also people want to talk about different things in different moments Um, and you need to give them the opportunity to bring that up and I think trust is where is built when you know it's you bring it up and it's received well but you almost need a little bit of encouragement to bring it up as well don't you whereas um, where, you know, obviously I'm hugely biased it, but, uh, but you know we have this agenda setting so you can put things on the agenda and the agenda gets set out sent out to people prior to a one-to-one so you know what you're going to come you know what you're going to put in there and you're able to put anything well-being motivation a particular performance objective a, a particular competency from your development plan you can kind of mix and mash, you know, this agenda um, to suit you in that time. But I I do think people struggle with understanding what the cadence of these one-to-ones should be. Because I think the default is you have a weekly catch up and it's just on a task list. And that isn't that's not what we're doing actually. Uh, We're about broadening these conversations. So there's there's different types at different cadence. And I think Chris, that's what, what you're talking about. So I think that's a really strong comms piece. And then having a tool set that and it like is like the practical side of the the mindset piece from the business.
1: I think that's exactly what I was um alluding to was that there's different types of one-to ones, yeah. but that that also topics often you know intermingle. so so there might be different things. so so I, I think that was really helpful to understand yeah
0: do you know what's interesting and um, i've and i'll you know happily admit myself i fall i have fallen in into the trap of that weekly cadence and it becomes output task based and yeah. the ability to be able to because sometimes it's just my inability just not to be able to connect the dots so i may i'm talking to somebody about something that they're working on which actually indirectly licks to something that we've got as part of their development plan. But because I'm not connecting the dots because my mindset is in that this is the weekly, you know, what have you got on next week? What do you need help with? Is there anything I can do to support you type stuff? I'm not able to then say, okay, well, this is interesting because this links towards X. So being able to connect that dot I think is quite a powerful it's a powerful piece because then what it also does is for the individual it kind of validates if i'm then the employee it validates the purpose and the value of why am i doing this development stuff like i've joked with my wife in years gone by that oh there's the annual sort of uh how did you get on against your development stuff and one week beforehand you're just frantically rushing to tick every single box yeah of your (laughs) pdr so that you can make sure that you can sit down and say oh well i've completed all of that let's move on to the next one so it's actually it then that's not adding value adding value is to be able to connect those dots well the reason why we're doing this day-to-day stuff is some of this links to your own professional development right
2: yeah, and I think as well, I, I, when you get into that kind of routine, that I think you're describing it's just a, it's a weekly one-to-one. This is a structure. You do you don't, know, you, you know. I'm not accusing you here, but I think you know a lot of people don't prepare for those because you're just going in and you kind of just shoot from the hip a bit and go right. What's on your list? How can I help you? You've got your set questions. You walk away thinking you've been quite supportive um, in that, but actually, have you, you know, yeah, addressed what no, that individual wants to address? Is you you're kind of it's very formulaic. So, can I, so based on that, can I ask you a question? So yeah. you've got this, I'm going to do some user research now. So you've got <laughs> the, this kind of weekly cadence of this task where you can kind of sit down. You don't really need to prep for that. It's kind of, you know, shoot from the hip, et cetera, et cetera. So then if you are asked to say, right, every so often whether that be fortnightly or monthly or you have to do you have to conduct a different type of one to one uh that have a, had a slightly different format would you how how would you feel about that because I, the reason I ask you that question is because everybody is so time short everybody wants to do things that they believe are effective and efficient and quick because I've got all this other stuff. So many managers are, they're not just managers, they're, they've are they got their own deliverables as well. So then asking them, we hear this an awful lot with organisations that we're going into, but we're asking our managers to do more. Well, are yeah. we asking them to do more or is it just slightly different? So the question, um, Chris, I guess I have for you then is, so if you were asked to kind of mix up the type of one-to-ones you had and given something to help you do that, would you would it be like an initial I, resistance or I would
0: love it as long as I can then make sure that I've got it pre-prepped so I'm a this is me as my unique case I do everything using Outlook I'm a bit old school literally I will write Mm -hmm. myself like calendar notes beforehand uh, you know prep for x so one of my one of the things that I do with one of the guys in my team is that I will physically every sort of month we tend to do a check-in which is kind of your personal development so it's a one-to-one but we then do a little bit of a personal development type thing where we just kind of check in on it but what I do for that particular one-to-one is I set half an hour beforehand and just block it out because if I went from one meeting talking about something else straight into this next one and I'm not prepped for it for that development conversation I would find that quite uncomfortable so I guess for me it's about that prep time and that prompting as well
2: yeah, okay, I totally get that. And then, but but the prep time then takes off a little bit more of your time. So you can mm-hmm. see where you, th- you know, what we come up against is kind of shifting managers. Even if a manager sits there and says, I've got all the good intention, I absolutely want to be having these personalized, structured, focused one to ones that are coaching led and, you know, uh, we're prepped in advance, but I just don't have the time. So I think it's about, it, it's that combination of going back, mindset, expectations, this is what you're here to do, giving them a the skill set, giving them a the tool set to over overcome that this is just another thing to do and I'm so busy anyway it's the time Mm -hmm. time short aspect of it
1: I think it's an interesting sort of value mindset question isn't it because actually if we don't do it so if we or if we do we don't prep we do bad you know Mm. one-to-ones we give people a sense that they're not engaged that they're not getting a personalized experience that, that that it's very much just sort of the machine is churning surely that costs us in lack of engagement in lack of yeah. productivity in you know higher attrition etc um so so i i think sometimes we just need the conscious mindset to drop um that that really one-to-one's done well with planning preparation and actually thinking about how you can tailor conversations to the the different people in your team um you know the value is there we, we can see it we can see it through the different studies that they, that have been yeah. done um, it's absolutely fundamental i guess when time gets tight though we revert to behaviors that are absolutely. known. absolutely and that's the. i think that's the the biggest challenge for all of us isn't it to Everyone, actually, yeah. you know i like chris's point about blocking time aside
2: absolutely um, to yeah. get
1: into it um but i guess it's the question how much time do you have to block aside yeah. how big is it how big are the teams you're managing etc so there's a there's a lot of factors that that, that come to play
2: This is where I think software and tech has got a huge role to play. So, I mean, we're kind of doing our research now into sort of AI and how we can use AI to support people in the moments just before a one-to-one to give them. So, to like Chris, you mentioned there putting half an hour aside. You know, is there? You know, could AI should really? You know, go hey Chris, tap me on the shoulder. You know, you've got a you've yeah. got a meeting in five minutes, and this is everything you need to know. prior probably <clears throat> going into that. So, we've got research going on into how we do that. What we are about to release is something called Lightbulb Coaching Guides, which is a, a, another module where you feed through uh, video content in the moments before the one-to-one so we know when one-to-ones are coming because so they are all booked through the system we attach it to nudges we attach it to an agenda when a manager goes in before so we're getting that kind of actually i shouldn't say, it isn't just for managers we've written two sites we've written coaching goes guides for both sides so for the employee and for the manager because we've been talking an awful lot about the manager on this call but actually the employee yeah. has to show up to that as well and take ownership for how effective those one-to-ones are so all of the content is about one-to-one so discussing motivation in one-to-ones well-being in one-to-ones performance in one-to-ones feedback in one-to-ones everything in there so there's seven videos in each one and we we push them out based on what they want to talk about so um we're hoping that this will have a a a, put it in the sort of the prep in the hands of the employee a bit more but also really help out that manager in the moments before because how time short people are you know it's it's a real thing we all experience it right and um Yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I 100% agree with you. And we're just coming short of the time. One of the things I'll just kind of finally build on, and then Chris, if there's any kind of final bits that you want to just jump in in before we wrap up, which I think was interesting is that um, I think there's also a mindset around people management is part of your... Like, I work in marketing, but I can't do... As a people manager, I can't do marketing 100% of my time. And Mm. people management is then also not... A side of desk thing it is a thing that you need to just recognize that that's what you need to a part of your job is to motivate to inspire people to make time and if you can leverage technology to then help you to minimize those uh, leakage moments where if you can maximize your productivity by, you know, 60% of my time could be spent on marketing things, and the rest of it is people management on other parts, as opposed to that, there's a 10% window where I'm just kind of doing the admin stuff that technology can remove, then that's kind of what people need to look at. Chris, just before we wrap up today, any kind of final thoughts from you? And then we will say goodbye to Anna and our lovely listeners.
1: I love that we're really looking at this holistically. And I think that's um, the, the the great thing for for um, organisations and individuals. And I think looking at the sort of life cycle level, the environment level and the culture and leadership level is fundamental and it actually helps to tie and pull things together. I love the mindset, the, the tool set and skill set. I think it's absolutely fundamental and we need to do more about it. Um, I think there's a whole other topic that we could do around employees. So we, we've mainly focused around line managers, but obviously employees are pretty a fundamental in the employee experience so i think there's um, lots of lots of exciting stuff to talk about brilliant stuff anna thank you very much as always for joining us today
2: thank you very much for having me i could chat for a lot longer <laughs>
0: this is definitely a topic that we could go on out. and unfortunately the yeah. format that we rigorously impose on our podcast is that sort Absolutely. of just around that 30 minute mark but chris yep. uh, thank you very much for joining me too sir Pleasure, as always. Uh, It is always a pleasure to chat to these two wonderful people. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as we have enjoyed recording it. Uh, If you want to check out the uh, details of the podcast, you can, of course, go onto Lace Partners' website. That is www.lacepartners.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can also check out our campaign. That's the same uh, website URL, but with the forward slash of EX Revolution. And Anna, do you want to just quickly, just before we wrap up, tell us, the name of the report that you mentioned earlier around performance enablement and what we'll do is we'll put a link to the show in the show notes itself so that people can access that too
2: okay perfect right, well we've got it so we have a full report a synopsis report and we have it on video as well called the performance enablement um, research we did it in 2022 um it's between open blend and professor nick kelmsley but i will send you the video link so that people can jump on and have a look
0: yeah. brilliant stuff uh, thank you very much for listening and uh, hopefully we will speak to you and see you and hear from you next time on the HR on the Offensive Podcast
1: bye bye